This city is a dumb and blinded thing. A circus of beasts in wool hats and waistcoats, pretending at a superiority afforded them by the fiction that all is as it seems. Such it is, and such it always shall be. But not here, not in the final component of the opening act of Quinn's Mechanism. Well, there you have it, August. If your eventual goal was to render my reputation at Deacon as suspect as your own, you've made remarkable headway. Not only have I had a research assistant vanish and an interim assistant go mad under my supervision, your frequent visits to my office have sparked an unsavory rumor about my involvement with a man best known to students for his poor, helpless, ailing wife and the many rumors of marital infidelity that surround him. It's also important to note that the research assistant in question, while consistently uninspiring in both work ethic and quality of results, was the only child of the late Edith and Lachlan McDonough, an association which lent me considerable credibility in my field. No less important is the consideration that the interim assistant so generously provided to me by head librarian Shauna O'Keefe was one Miss Samantha Nolan, a young woman with an unparalleled reputation for both good sense and upstanding character. Mrs. O'Keefe and I have had, until now, a blessedly good relationship, something I can no longer claim to be true. So yes, Allow me to commend you on the thorough nature of your efforts to ruin me. I hope you are quite satisfied. <sighs> you will, of course, understand my reluctance to report my findings to you directly, considering the scrutiny I find myself subjected to, and will have to content yourself with the return of your text, an audio recording of its effects on the esteemed and unfortunate Miss Nolan, and my own report as provided herein. Upon review, Miss Nolan's experience with the supplied text was illuminating, to say the least. I cannot begin to explain the obvious discrepancies between her response to it and that of her predecessor, except to hypothesize that McDunn's fixation with that nonsensical gadget of yours distracted them so completely as to render their mind unable to process the contents of the book itself. By now you've familiarized yourself with McDunn's second recording, I'm sure. As easy as it is to become fixated on the peculiarities of behavior demonstrated by the Archival Room's recorder, which, 
I will warn you, appear in Miss Nolan's recording as well. Upon examination of the tape, it struck me how disengaged from the subject matter McDonne sounded. I've heard freshmen engage even the driest of required texts with more verve and enthusiasm. If I didn't have indisputable evidence to the contrary, I'd be tempted to suspect McDonough of being illiterate. For God's sake, the first time I met them they asked me if I was Professor Nadine Lasman. I understand that some people find a cursive signature difficult to read, but surely not to that extent. More than that, the error is August. The misreadings, the misspellings, God almighty, you'd think the words themselves were their enemy. What is it the Germans call it? Word blindness? Well, it hardly matters now. If my ranting hasn't made it clear, and it hasn't already come to your attention somehow, and I imagine it has, given how dearly you love to play the part of chess master, yes, my original research assistant fled the campus after the events of the previous recording I supplied to you, and I have been unable to locate them. I'm sure they've either already found themselves thoroughly disappeared at the hands of your robed associates by now, or will shortly after your receipt of this recording. But no more of that. Let's return to business. You will, of course, have noted not only the differences in the manifestation between the previous recording and the one enclosed, but the differences in the book's text. While Miss Nolan finds the book's contents quite coherent, if strange, and begins to suffer their effects after only a short period of time spent reading, McDonne's reading of the text is... patently bizarre. From their diction, it does seem that they are reading from a page rather than inventing something from whole cloth, but the sentences ramble on without meeting or direction. Furthermore, McDunn never makes any indication that they are experiencing any symptom of having read the text, so much so that they seem to also lack awareness of the book's effect on their environment. They fail to recognize the presence of rain falling within the confines of the archival room, even while it's occurring, something Miss Nolan herself confirms as having occurred immediately upon entry. I will admit to finding the possibility that McDunn was somehow unable to observe these effects until they were identified by a third party rather interesting, and would have liked to conduct further experiments on the subject were I given the opportunity, but, given your predilection for thoroughness, I somehow doubt that will be a possibility. Miss Nolan's experience was much more in line with what the documents you supplied me indicated I should expect from the text though the archaic language perhaps undersold the severity of the effects that would be experienced by the reader. Once again, I would have liked to conduct further experiments in the interests of confirming whether or not my interim assistant was the rule or the exception, but, for obvious reasons, the current circumstances have made that quite impossible. As such, any further investigations into this text will have to be undertaken by yourself or your order. And I ask that you send me no further materials until such a time as I am subjected to less intensive scrutiny. Now, on to the subject of compensation. I have never read you, and I have no intention of changing that. Flyer tricks elsewhere. I'm sure it will be audible on the recording if precedent is to be relied on, but... In the event that it is not, your infernal object is becoming rather precocious, August. I've ever so much as flipped open the cover, and yet, it is still trying to- Everything is gone. No. 
Surely they're not back already. This sounds familiar. Your secrets? Oh, I bet they would shock your cute assistants, your colleagues. Ah. Stop that. I am familiar with the horrible things a man like August Howard can do. It seems I have you to thank for that. You're wasting your time. If I have to replace this tape like I did McDonough, so be it. I didn't go to all this trouble just for it to- Hello, Professor Lesnar. What? McDonough? Please, don't stand on my account. Where have you been? When I came to collect you, you'd vanished from your post and your work was utterly unusable. What is the meaning of this? <laughs> Explain yourself, McDonough. People go missing from this campus all the time, Professor. I don't see why you're so concerned about me. Is that what this is all about? The dropout conspiracy? This is absurd. Sit. What is the meaning of this? The meaning of this, Professor, is nothing. Nothing about this means anything. <laughs> you, you really have gone mad then. I should have known. I suppose I have. What are you doing? Stop that! Give that back immediately. Or what? I beg your pardon? Or else what? What will you do if I don't? Are you confident you can overcome me physically? Don't be ridiculous. Are you confident I don't have a weapon, Professor? You brought a weapon here? Here? Did I? Stop playing games with me, McDonough. I think I have more right to say that to you. Don't I, Professor? I don't know what you're referring to. <laughs> Look at me, McDonough. Return the book to me now, and I won't report you. You've assaulted a member of the faculty. You realize how serious that is, don't you? I'm sure they'll be very interested in hearing my explanation. That's not... Just give me the damn book. What do you even want it for? I'm gonna burn it. You most certainly are not. How are you gonna stop me? I'm gonna burn this book, and then I'm gonna find the only part of it that matters. Ah, of course. I suppose you'll be wanting information then, won't you? I already have everything I need. What? You said it yourself. It's that man who gives you the books. August Howard. The classical languages professor. He'll have it. Have you ever been to the Elephant's Heart, professor? Why? That's a yes if I've ever heard one. I don't see how it's relevant. You don't see how anything is relevant. The word has no meaning to print and paper sycophants like you. You look down on the people who grow the food on your plate, but you wouldn't know which end of the spade to dig with. How dare you! I'm sure you and my mother get along famously, Professor Lesnar. My parents were just like you. You asked me why I chose this field of study. You grew angry with me when I didn't answer. Well, Professor, here's your answer. With parents like mine, what gives you the impression 
I would ever be allowed to choose anything else. I'm going to burn this book. That's what it wants, and I've always wanted to. I'm gonna burn this book, and you're gonna let me. And why on earth would I let you do that? Because, Professor, the books are not the only thing here I've longed to take my frustrations out on. I'm gonna take this, I'm gonna burn it, and you're not going to follow me. I hope, for your sake, Professor, that we don't meet again. Oh, God. What am I gonna tell August? <laughs> <laughs>